Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Self Podcast, where we talk happiness from both a professional and a personal point of view. I'm Tracy Fox, your host, and for those of you who do not know me, I'm an NYU certified executive life coach. I work with clients all over the world, and I've written four books on happiness. Please feel free to reach out to me at my website, tracyfox.net. Along with my co-host, Kara Duncan, we invite you to sit back, laugh, listen, and learn as you discover your happy self. Okay, so Kara, today we're talking Lent because Lent started yesterday, Ash Wednesday. And for those who, you know, I'm a pretty serious Christian and for a long time, I didn't really even know what Lent was or what Lent meant. So I'm just gonna explain it to everybody before we jump in. So Lent is a period between Ash Wednesday and Easter And it sort of follows the 40-day fast that Christ had in the wilderness before he began his public ministry. And so the idea behind it is now we, as Christians, can recommit ourselves to God through this period by looking at distractions or bad habits or sins that maybe we want to give up for this season in coordination with recommitting ourselves to God. That's what Lent is really about. Right. I like that. I like that because it's not just giving up something, but it's the second part. Say that again, because that's that's the important part. It's purposely committing and recommitting ourselves to moving closer to God. Right. I like that. Right. And so many people are confused by that because a lot of Mm. people are just like, oh, you know, for those 40 days, I'm just going to run more or I'm going to give up chocolate. Um, And that's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that for those people who are doing that, but that's not what Lent is really about. Like if you want to use the 40 day period to do that, great. But Lent is really about sacrificing something. And then when you're in need of it, instead of going back to that thing, whether it is sugar or it is alcohol or it is the whatever bad behavior it might be, you recommit yourself to God, that you lean on God instead of the thing that you thought you that you needed in your life. Is, is yeah. a part of it. I like that. That exactly. That that's what you. Do. I love that because when you're when you're struggling as he struggled, then you're turning to him for that strength and that refocus and that the whole purpose behind it. I like that a lot. And that goes back to what Christ was doing in the wilderness for forty days. Same thing before his public ministry, he went into the wilderness for yeah. forty days to recommit himself to God to get the power of God to do all things that he felt that he could not do by his own power. And we know he he obviously struggled in 40 days. Right, right. So we're going to struggle. But the good news is, right, that we can recommit ourselves to God. So for people who are considering Lent on a serious level, here are some questions that you can ask yourself to decide what it is you want to give up and recommit yourself to. So one is, what cravings have a hold on you? Number two what would be truly liberating to leave behind? Three, short of an addiction, what have I become dependent on? A particular food, a drink, a substance, or an activity? Could be shopping. Yep, could be shopping, (laughs) right. Uh, Four, what would be truly challenging for me to give up during Lent? And the last one is, what is getting in the way of me having a more meaningful relationship with God? So if you just ask yourself those questions, right? What cravings have a hold on me? What would be truly liberating for me to leave behind? 
short of, of an addiction, what have I become dependent on uh, for what would be truly challenging for me to give up during Lent and what is giving in the, getting in the way of me having a more meaningful and fulfilling relationship with God? Those are great questions. I mean, that, that'll get anybody started, I think, just getting your mind uh, going in the direction of what, what is, I like that. Those are really poignant questions about getting you to figure out what it is you'd like to possibly give up. It was so funny because yesterday being Ash Wednesday, I, I reached out to some you know friends and just said, happy Ash Wednesday. And, and one of my friends said, um, she's cute. She goes, do you, do you guys give up? Um, well, she's from Kentucky. So do y'all give up anything for Lent or is it just us crazy Catholics? And I said, <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. It was really cute. And I said, no, other religions do that. And then, then, um, nobody else really, really honed in on that. But, um, you know, I personally, I've done it a few times. I haven't done, I don't do it quote unquote religiously. I don't do it every year because it, I get this is just my opinion. You know, it's exactly what you're teaching us today, Tracy. Because I do believe it's it's bigger than I'm not going to eat chocolate. You know, um, for me, you know, it, it has to be something bigger and deeper and more meaningful. And as you say, to get you closer to your relationship with Christ, and that that is something I haven't done before. I guess you know. And if I have if I have chosen to give something up, it is for that mindset opposed to just like you said, um, you know, I'm not going to shop at TJ Maxx's right. six weeks right. or something. So it's, it, I do think, again, I, everyone's in a different spiritual place, but um, you have to just decide what, how, 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 how meaningful that is to you. And, and again, there is nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to take six weeks and not have chocolate because I know it's not that good for me. And, you know, I'm eating it too much. And, but then if you can maybe I love the fact what you say, but then when you're struggling, that's when you reach out and, you know, get me through this and, and get you closer to, to God. So, yeah, because Lent is not just about giving something up. It, the whole purpose of Lent is to get closer to God. Right. To right. This time. Right. All right. So let's talk about just for fun. These are the 10 top things people gave up last year for Lent. And then we're going to get into my suggestions of what might also work. These are going to be funny, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So last year, the number one thing people gave up was social networking. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's that's a big one. That is wow. a big one. Probably a very good one. Number two yeah. was alcohol. So that wow. was also powerful. I thought yeah. that I thought that'd be number one. Go on. Yep. Uh, three is Twitter. Well, I think that would be social networking. But yeah. What do I know? Uh, four is chocolate. <laughs> Uh, the next one was meat, oh. about eating meat, swearing, Ooh. Yep. coffee, well, yeah. Yeah. some people could not do that, soda, mm -hmm. sugar, mm -hmm. and the last one was sex, <laughs> no, why, I don't know. Well, if you're married, that would not be, I don't think that'd be a popular one, but so those were anyway. the, the number, the top 10 things people gave up last year for Lent. Okay. So now when you're looking at that list and in knowing what you just taught us, what, what, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I, I you know, again, it, it, it's all dependent on the purpose and agenda behind what you're giving up. I mean, if you want to clear your life out of alcohol, you know, 
because it's getting in your way and you know maybe you're drinking too much at a party or you have a hangover the next day or whatever i think it's great same thing with if chocolate if you're always looking for chocolate um and it's not good for you and it's making you feel sick or whatever yeah i mean why not absolutely i think all of those things are good but my are, list, we're going to yeah. go a little deeper with my list that that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. And so this is going to be interesting to, to hear oh, what we yeah. just heard. And now let's hear this one. Okay. Let's hear so your Tracy Fox, give it up for Lent. Lift. Okay. Okay. Number one, let's give up worry. Worry. Ooh, I worry, like that. Worry, right. Because that is that old quote that I actually say a lot, which is if you have time to worry, you have time to pray. And so I much love that. I know. I know. Think about all the time you spend worrying about things. I mean, it could take up four or five hours of your day, maybe more for people. Anxiety is the number one thing, one that people spend their time on, but two, that is addressed in the Bible. Jesus talked a lot about anxiety, right? And he said, be anxious for nothing, for nothing. but in prayer, yeah. supplication, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. So, I, that, that's very funny because I, I, I think of anxiety and worry as different things, although we know it's one big ball. I get that. That's just so interesting you say that because just this morning I was walking with Neil and we were talking about this silly uh, little test I have to do tonight. And he said, are you worried about it? I said, no, I'm not worried about it. He said, are, are you worried about blah, blah? And I said, no, I'm actually worried about nothing. Mm. That's really funny because yeah. I tend not to be a worrier. I am not that's a worrier. Yeah. I am a prayer. So I don't know if that's you know part yes. of it, but um, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I don't worry. I mean, I, I think about things, but I don't worry. Um, but think about enough how that for both of us. that would be for anyone who's listening to say, I'm actually going to give up worry for 40 full days. That is a wonderful thing to, to try to do. Would, yeah, see how your life would change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's all about let go and let God. Just yeah, let love go that. and I'm going to have faith and I'm just going to see where it takes me. So that would be incredibly powerful. Okay, yep. number two, and this is a hard one, gossip or maligning. What's that mean? Well, because a lot of people think of gossip as harmless, right? Like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm just talking about that lady and she's never going to know. But it is a big deal and, there, and because it does always go to maligning. Because if I'm sitting around and I'm saying to you, did you hear so-and-so did this? Even if we just keep it between ourselves, I am immediately changing your opinion of somebody else. So if I say, did you hear that, you know, so-and-so got in trouble at work and he lost his job and he was fooling around or whatever, you're immediately going to think, well, wow, that changes my opinion of that person, right? So it's not just harmless gossiping ever. It really is maligning. We, we, we are influencing somebody else's opinion when we gossip and malign. And I believe it's why it's one of the Ten Commandments. We're not supposed to do it. You know, and I like to think of the and I, I always said this to my kids too, and, and believe me, I'm not perfect on this, but I really try to like, could I say that to that person's face? And if not, then I'm, then I'm gossiping. Right. If right. I could say to that person, you know, I shared this, you know, if I felt comfortable saying that to their face, then I probably felt comfortable speaking about it to somebody else. So that's always a, I, that's always a good check, I think. So think about, again, what it would be like for 40 days to not gossip and not malign another human being. 
And again, what do you do when you get into a situation where you're out and somebody starts and they're doing it and you've now made a commitment for 40 days to, and hopefully further than that, you know, and I've done this and it, it doesn't always go well when I say the group, I've decided I'm not going to do it. Um, and they're mm -hmm. like, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you being so self-righteous or, or whatever? It's, it's not an easy thing to do. Right. Right. You're going to also speak about it. Right. Well. And if you're going to do it, then you've got to stick to it. And that's that's the hardest part, right? It's kind of like these New Year's resolutions. Same kind of thing with Lent. You know, if you're going to commit to this, it's it's a commitment. Well, and that's why, like, and that's especially a hard one. And we're all guilty of it um, because people like to talk about other people and get the scoop and all the rest of it. Um, and it, it, that's a hard one to give up. And so, again, that is why if you're going to try something as difficult as that one, yeah, you got to go to God. You got to be like, maybe step aside, step outside and be like, all right, God, help me with this one because I do want to get the information or I do want to put in my two cents about the information. And that's all gossip and maligning. Exactly. Okay. okay. Number three, give up negativity or complaining. Ooh, that is a good one. I know. Can How many? Yeah, because, you know, some this is a good one, too, I think, specifically, because I don't know if we slash I always realize when I'm complaining, right? I think we do it so just uh, without without thinking about it. I think we're like, oh, you know, me, 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 right? And then you're like, wow, if you really stop and think about it, you know, you're trying to be more positive or slash not complaining. You you might be surprised when you stop. Wow, I, or, I really just said that like five times today about something um, silly often, right? That absolutely. really doesn't need to have a lot of energy put towards it. I think, you know, that's a, that's a really good way to be more positive is by not complaining, obviously. Well, there's two parts to that. One is your interior thought life, right? Negativity, like, oh, I'm so fat, or oh, I can't get things done, or people are so hard on themselves. There's the whole negative yes. interior mindset. And then there's the outward complaining, uh, where again, when you speak words like that, think not only does it influence you because you're hearing your own words, but it influences everybody who's around you when you start complaining about things, right? We're either contributing oh, yes. or contributing to every conversation. Oh, absolutely. It, 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 you put out good karma, you get it back. You know, I, I believe that so much. Yeah. If you're complaining, you're also in that negative spiral, as you just said, you know, and that just creates a whole nother. It does. So again, I just go back to, I'm making it very obvious today. Can you imagine 40 days without negativity or complaining, how that would change your life in so many ways? Probably change a lot of people around you too. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. My fourth idea is anger and yelling. Hmm. So many people I coach have families where there is an anger issue with at least one person, and then yelling is just part of how they operate. And hmm. it's so destructive on so many different levels right because it, it can be really intimidating it can be scary for other people um and and so anger in itself is a really strong emotion and then again when it's expressed outwardly and you start yelling or being intimidating that can change again it can change a lot of things but especially in a family dynamic and and we're really not supposed to reside in anger and yelling yeah yeah i like that 
we're supposed to have the emotion. And there, again, there's another great Bible verse about, right? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Like you're really supposed to clean it out. Like don't let it get past 24 hours because it can build on itself. Oh, anger is so destructive. And, you know, and really that I have found so much for me is that, you know, it really is destructive for me. Obviously it affects other people too, right? If you're angry towards, you know, it, 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 go, it spreads out. But when you really think about the anger, if you're holding onto it, it, it's just so, it just eats you up and it's such a waste of energy. Well, and so much of anger also is um, you have expectations of the way they sh things should be. The expectations are not met either by life itself or another person, and then you're angry about it. Um, and so, mm. so much of this is also goes back to what if I gave it up and again, went back to let go and let God? What if I accept the fact that this person betrayed me or this person was late or I didn't get the job or whatever it might be? What, what if you just walked into all of those scenarios with faith that it was all going to be okay? I would imagine if you were willing to do that, especially for the 40 days and on, um, you would have a much more peaceful way of being in the world because you wouldn't need things to be different than they are. They just are what they are. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Good. All right. Do you have a fifth one? Yeah, we do. And this is a big one too. Give up being right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, I'm usually am right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Many people are attached to being right, right? That goes back to the ego. I need mm. to be right. But I always say when you're right, somebody else is usually wrong. And when you're in, especially in loving relationships, marriages or family units and things, it's not a good idea to be right. Because when you're right and you're making sure everyone knows you're right, what you're also doing is saying, but you're wrong. Yeah, I love when you say that. I know oh, you've talked about this in your marriage um, you know, uh, book and so forth and, and relationships. And I forget exactly how you say it, but I... You just said it, I guess. Tell, say that again about being right and wrong. And yeah. So when you're making, when you're demanding that you're right and your answer is right and your idea is right, you're basically saying somebody else is wrong. You're demanding right. that you're right and therefore somebody else is wrong. And that's one, it's not good to be so arrogant and egotistical, but two, you got to watch what you're doing because why do you want to make people you care about and you love deeply wrong? It's much better to say, I have my thoughts, you have your thoughts, and let's brainstorm for some, you know, be a possibility thinker. And I don't even like yeah. the word compromise because compromise is like everybody's losing something. I like right. to, let's brainstorm for possibilities based on what we both think. I like that a lot. You're so right. I, I think sometimes um, when I think of compromise too is exactly what you just said. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't really want to compromise, <laughs> you yeah. know, because that is saying I'm not getting exactly the way I want. I'm giving up something. You're giving up something to meet in the middle. But um, no, that's a really good one. Well, and people's also this goes back to, again, if you, you know, this is all about serving God and getting closer to God. I mean, God is um, offers us endless possibilities. But as human beings, we get very stuck in our thinking, like there's only two ways of doing this. Either we go your way or we go my way, or we both lose something as if there's not a thousand other possibilities. And I coach on possibility thinking, you know, all day long, because I truly believe it. And that's what you want to do. You want to give up being right. And you want to move over into being a possibility thinker. Love it. Beautiful. All right, this is a big one, and I definitely suffer from this one. It's not what I'm working on this particular Lent, but fear. And we've talked about, mm. I have a lot of fears, right? 
fear of getting, you know, I do it, but fear of public speaking to huge crowds, I get up there and I do it, but I definitely am afraid, right? So giving, can you imagine again, 40 days of no fear, no fear. So that's, I, I wonder how people, how, how you would give up fear. I don't really know how you would give up fear. I guess you would just work towards re releasing it, I guess, right? Or, or maybe facing your fear. Maybe some people, if there's something they're afraid of, they would well, face it. Would that be some, how, how, how would you give up fear? Well, the way I'm even thinking about it as you're speaking of it, because I'm you know, going right back to the Bible, which is I always talk about the Christmas story, how the entire thing the angels, every time they spoke to, to whoever in that story, they're like, fear not, fear not. The whole Christmas story of Jesus coming was all about fear not. And so if we're going to practice this in Lent, it's all about, okay, I'm afraid. And so instead of sitting here in my fear and my worry and my anxiety and all the things that we're talking about, what if instead I went to God and I said, all right, um, I'm going to rest in the assurance of that you're going to take care of this, that it's all going to be okay. Okay, that's 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 beautifully explained. Yeah, and it's hard for people because fear can have a physical manifestation, right? Of course, freezes you. Yeah, it totally freezes you, or it makes you want to go back to bed, or it makes you want to hide. Mm. There's a lot of things that fear does that is, you know, quite debilitating. Absolutely. And so that's really a very powerful example during Lent because if every time you felt afraid, instead you got on your knees and you asked God to see you through. Can you imagine what mm. 40 days would be like? Wow. Yeah. And I love the 40 days again, because it can be a testing period. It can say, all right, I'm willing to try this for 40 days and let's just see what happens. Right. right. Yes, exactly. And it might lead to some, you know, much bigger transformation for yourself and for your, um, for your relationship with God. Yeah. Do you have any more? I do. I've got wow. uh, seven here. Negative influence. Give up a negative influence. What is negatively excuse me, negatively influencing you. So it could be I'm drinking too much alcohol. I'm uh, watching way too much TV. I'm hanging out with friends that are, you know, really negative. What is something in your life that is a negative influence that you would be willing to give up? Right? We have influences all day long from the morning news can feel like a negative influence, right? To watching a, a, a being addicted to some, you know, show that is actually like, it might be fun to watch, but it's sort of a negative influence. Mm. Um, any thoughts on that? I was just trying to think negative influence. I think when I think of that, I, I guess I, I went right to more, more people, you yeah. know, having negative people around. Um, that's, that's the first thing that I thought of in terms of negative, but I'm sure there's, yeah, that's what I, that's where I went. And have you ever but I can see walked away from a toxic friendship or? Or, or moved yourself away from a negative influence in terms of a person? Um, yes, yeah. But it probably wasn't do. a, it probably, sorry. It's a hard thing to do. It is, you know, I was thinking, I haven't ever had a really deep, meaningful one that I've had to move away from because that's just not who I've, you know, been blessed to have in my life. You know, most of them are very good and very positive. But when I have found something yeah i just haven't really i've just moved on let's put it right. that way right. i didn't didn't develop that friendship any further you know and just realize it wasn't going to be good 
Well, I do feel, especially with people, when you're trying to change uh, who you're hanging out with, whether that's a family member or a friend or someone at work, that it can feel very scary and it can feel lonely, right? When you give up a relationship. And that again, is why Lent is such a great period. Because again, you're not just giving something up and there's a big empty hole there. You're giving something up and the idea is then you fill it with God. And I love right, that transition right. because yes. you're not left alone over here. Like, oh my God, okay, I gave up this group of people because it wasn't good for me, but now I'm all alone in the world. No, I'm all alone in the world for about a second until I move over to God and have him fill me up. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Here's the next one, which people aren't going to like, but it's one of my favorites. Give up quote unquote busyness. If people mm. give up busyness, because again, if I hear nothing else all day, nothing else. Both I'm so time. busy. I'm, I'm so, so busy. busy. Right. And even in coaching, I'll hear, no, Tracy, I can't. I'm just so busy. You have no idea how busy I am. And yes, I appreciate that this life um, is filled with lots of responsibilities. We have families, we have jobs, we have all sorts of things but you're still in control of your life and you can decide how busy you want to be. And the other thing you have to watch out with busyness is that people use it um, kind of as a pride statement. Like, you know, yes. you have no idea how busy I am. Yeah. And we're all guilty, I have a, but I've done it too. So, I mean, I'm not judging anyone, but we have to watch that. I have a girlfriend who just can't, she like, I'm just, she cannot stand it just as you can. I'm, you know, I'm so busy. I'm. It's You know. It's. It. It sounds a bit um, arrogant, actually. Just yes. you kind of said. You know. I'm so busy. And and I was just thinking about. I was just talking to a, um, a counselor, a friend of mine, and I was saying. You know. You know. This is crazy. I'm spending like four hours. You know. Or I said I'm doing all this work on this, and she goes, Kara, it's it's four hours a week. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I like stop. I'm like four hours a week. Do you know how many hours are in a week? And yeah. I was like, wow, it was a real, a real good uh, eye opener in terms of, yes, I am spending time on that, but that's not a lot of time. So it just might maybe think about being, I'm so busy. Yeah. Okay. Four hours a week. So interesting. And, and I think in terms of busyness, and I've tried to do this in my own life, instead of wearing that as your badge of honor, like how busy you are, mm. switch it to your badge of honor should be that you're available. Can you imagine if you just made yourself available? So if somebody called and said, you have five minutes, instead of saying, ah, I'm sort of busy, you said, of course, yeah. available. Or walking of down course. the street, we talked about this with, you see someone struggling, like a homeless man, instead of being like, oh, I'll throw five bucks in his uh, cup there because I'm just too busy. What if you said, no, no, I'm available. I can stop and have a conversation with him or whatever it might be. What if you made yourself available? Ava and, and then that goes back to Lent. What if you made yourself available for God, right? Truly. Oh, available. so beautiful. Yes. All I right. Really like that. Number nine, number nine. What if we gave up pretension? Now, this is a big one because we all have things right? That we use as armor for the world. Um, and uh, there's a lot of it around pretension. And maybe that's how we dress or how much money we have or the kind of car we drive. It can, it can reside there. It can reside in what we tell people. You know, we want the world to think we have it together. And so what if we didn't? What if we didn't do that? What if we for 40 days said the truth if we don't have it together? And we didn't have to put up all those pretenses about how great things were in our marriages and in our families and in our jobs. What if we were just vulnerable about the truth? And I think that's a perfect place to be with God too, is to be vulnerable and open and to break down those walls. And I think 
there's nobody better to do that with than your relationship with God. Absolutely. All, All right. right. Do we have a big, nu- big brrr, number 10? We do. Here we go. Give up 20 minutes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Give up 20 minutes. Do you know what that means? Like yes, that- to God. Right? Give 20 minutes of quiet time. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying, you know, we can you imagine if you just took 20 minutes? Because again, and again, I'm guilty of this too. Like, okay, I'll do a quick prayer or I'll do a quick whatever. And then I got to get on with my day, right? What about if you gave a full 20 minutes? And, you know, one of the things I've been working on this year is I decided to really try to start my mornings. And I'm doing it with Joyce Meyer because, you know, she does this TV ministry and she's really funny and she's very yeah. good. Yeah. So I am really trying hard to wake up and not race to my computer and not race to a coaching call or race to anything. I am trying to say, no, I'm going to put God first by making myself sit here, get out a notepad, listen to somebody who's really funny and really biblically based and um, take notes and really think about. And then when she's done, I'm trying to have a, a few moments with God. Like, what are you really trying to say to me? Right. Because it says, I, go ahead. I, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I too, I was just trying to think how long, at least two months I have been working on this. If not longer, actually, I have a whole routine right now in the morning. I'd start with my prayer. I, again, do not pick up, you know, my phone, my gadgets, don't turn on the TV. I do my prayer. I have some scriptures particularly that I, I go to. I have a whole, I have a whole agenda or a whole, um, a whole thing I follow. And then I um, go through my positive mantras. It's all, and it's all really within my prayer, um, yeah. my, my prayer time, my quiet time. And it, it it's also a very, um, selfish time because it's really just my time with God and um, not selfish, not selfish at all. Actually, it's exactly what I should be doing, but um, it's, it's a, it's a great way to start my day. It starts me off um, centering, centering my, my day around God and, um, and then opening up to, you know, what, what, what my day is um, going to be and, 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 and starting that positiveness too. I like that. Like that. Well, and if we just Trace. go back, back to numbers, I mean, billions of people around the world believe in God and believe in Christ, right? And they are Christians. And so it's not like we're talking about a small subset here. We're talking about most, you know, much of the world's population. And so therefore, this is a meaningful thing. And, and we want to really look at it and say, well, we're saying we believe in God um, and we're saying we're Christians but are we practicing it on any level? Because just going to church on a Sunday morning, which most of us can't do now because of COVID, probably isn't enough time to be dedicated. And that's why this could, could be such a special period to really dedicate mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. to God. Yeah, I like that. And you know, for those of, of, of us who you know, don't have a great understanding with Lent, this is also something that I've learned in my very late adult life was understanding more about Lent. And it's, it is really a, a beautiful, powerful time, particularly as, um, you know, we get to Good Friday and, and Easter and all that. It's such, it's such a, it's a really beautiful, well, interesting, um, powerful time. Absolutely. And it's all about the progression, right? Because that, that's know. what I was trying to Everything's say. About yes. progression. Because yeah. I used to, yeah. I always say the story about my mother was a minister at St. Bartholomew's Church. And I used to go and think, what is she talking about? Like, I have no idea what she's talking about. 
right? That was pre me understanding anything about Christianity, even though I was going to church all the time. I went to church mm -hmm. regularly because my mother was a minister mm -hmm. and that's what we did, but I had no relationship at all. And I didn't really even understand and I didn't apply none of it. And then now I'm in it completely on the other side where I get it, I understand it, I seek it, I want it, all of that stuff. So I understand mm -hmm. there's a huge progression. So wherever a listener is on that progression um, who might be, you know, tuning in today, just start where you are. And this is a beautiful mm -hmm. time to just start. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. it is. All right, Trace, we better get to questions. I've got three here, if that's all right. Unless, unless you've got anything else yeah, to no, wrap up. But that's it. I, your list was, I like your list a lot. It was really, it was really, I think most of us can pick a few things out of there that um, we might want to work on. So good yeah. for you. Thank you. Okay, guys, uh, JP from Colorado Springs, Colorado. I don't want to get, give up anything for Lent, but I would like some advice on how to start a relationship with God that is lacking in my life. Well, it's kind of what you were starting, starting where you are. Yeah. Well, you could just go to the last one. How about just then give up, you know, instead of thinking about giving up the 20 minutes, think about, you know, instead of giving it up, think about giving it. I'm going to give, yes. I'm going to contribute 20 minutes of my life to uh, seeking God. And, and I can start with just prayer. I could start with a television ministry. Uh, you could buy my book, The Having a Heart for God devotional, where every day you read a piece of scripture and it explains it. Um, there's a million other resources out there. But I think just like, yeah, start, start where you are. And start where you are. It, don't, don't make it feel overwhelming or, you know, too heavy a thing. It's supposed to be. Or complicated. Right. Right. Okay, uh, Caroline J from Vero Beach, Florida. Hey, you're where I am right now. It's, it is hard to get to church now. What is your favorite Sunday morning resource? Oh, again, yeah. so, well, I so many, I, right? love, I just love Joyce Meyer because I think she has lived quite an interesting life and she was abused yes. as a child and she, she reconnected with her parents and just her whole story is amazing. Plus she's really funny. So when you listen to her, you almost feel like you're at a comedy show, although you're yes. about God and getting, so she's my yeah. favorite. You have a favorite? Uh, I, I know, I know she's brilliant. Um, there's so many, no, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, oh, okay. you know, yeah. Um, uh, Betty B Alto, California. Lent is often marked by a time of prayer. I have a hard time praying. Can you give me some advice on making it easier for me? Well, one of the things I always say is, you know, pick a place. Uh, there's something about a place that helps. So uh, whether it's a cha special chair in your house or a little closet space, there's something about knowing you have a place that you're going to go to that you make sacred. And if you live somewhere warm, you can go outside and make it your gazebo or go to the beach or whatever. But there's something about, to me, helpful when you're trying to learn how to be more serious about prayer that you think of a place that you can go and that it's a sacred time. Yeah, I, you know, I, prayer is something that does come easy to me. It's something that I um, do kind of continue through my day. But for those who um, find it difficult, my um, my old pastor used to say he was in teaching children in, in confirmation class. They'd say like, oh, well, I don't know how to pray. He's like, well, just pretend you're praying. It sounds funny, but like, just pretend you're praying or just kind of like talk through it. And, and, and suddenly you'll find, you know, you're actually turning those into prayer, you know, so we don't get so caught up in how do I pray? What do I, you know, just, just put your thoughts out there. And I think that's a, that's a good way to think about it. 
Yeah, and another marker for prayer can also be, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about children too, like one of the things that, that is helpful for children and then anyone who's trying to start something new is to make sure it has the three elements of please, you know, please God, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Thank you, God, da, 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 and forgive me, God. Like if you just get those three things in there, please, thank you, and forgive, um, you've got a lot of it covered and it's a good place to start. That's true. I wrote, that's a very good thing for people who are starting out. That's exactly right. Having those three things, yes. Great, Trace. Well, happy Lent to you and to all of us listening. And I pray pray that everybody finds something to bring themselves closer to God for them. Absolutely. This was a very powerful discussion and I hope it helps a lot of people. And if you have any questions or concerns, just reach out tracyfox.net and Kara and I can reach back out to you. Take care. Have a wonderful day, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye.